The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Coming to you from the Carter Subro studio. Welcome. Welcome to The Big Show. Start of a new week, the dawn of a new era. Glad you can be with us on a beautiful Christmassy Monday afternoon. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We got an awful lot of news to cover today. Let's get right to The Big Lead. The Big Lead. Top story. Over the weekend, there was an incident. A local journalist who's a friend of our radio show, Katie Davis Court, she was robbed, she says, by Antifa. This was at an event in Renton. You may recall, last week, there's a restaurant, a brew, brew pub in Renton called Brewmaster's Tap Room. And they've been hosting drag queen story time for kids for the last year and a half or so. So last week, they say that some ne'er-do-well shot either a BB or a pellet through their front window. Now, I would caution everybody in the local media, because whenever a story like this happens, they always accept the story as gospel truth. And more than anybody in our society, media should be skeptical and make sure that a story is what it is purported to be. And, for example, there's a coffee house here in the greater Seattle area, and they have said that they've been the victims of hate crimes many, many, many times. Uh, the police can't say anything on the record, but off the record, police, FBI, they've looked into this, and they have found, I mean, even with the FBI being involved, but the storyline is irresistible to almost everybody in the media, that a minority-owned coffee house is the victim of hate crimes, swastikas and the like. Uh, we don't know if that story is accurate or true. Uh, we don't know if this brewmaster's tap room, we don't know if somebody shot a BB through their front window because it's some um, right-winger who doesn't like them doing drag queen story time, or is it somebody associated with the business who wanted to get tons of free publicity? I, I don't know the answer to that. All I'm saying is that Everybody who's covered this story has accepted it as gospel truth that it's some right-wing group that shot the BB through the window. And then the owners of this restaurant, they said that you know, they put up a sign on the window pointing to the BB hole, and they said, this is what intolerance looks like. Well, they got tons of publicity. And over the weekend, on Saturday, they were hosting another drag queen story time at this establishment. And they thought that there was some right-wing group that was going to come and protest. So they were able to gin up left-wing groups, including Antifa, which, according to Jay Inslee, doesn't exist. But they were able to get uh, Antifa and other left-wing groups to mobilize. There are a couple of hundred people from these left-wing groups outside to counter-protest a non-existent protest by some right-wing group. But a couple of journalists went down to cover it. Uh, Kate, a couple of them are friends of ours. Katie Davis Court, I mentioned, and Jonathan Cho was down there. And that's when... 
some ugliness happened. So here's Katie Davis Court, who was assaulted and a felony robbery as they took her phone worth over a thousand dollars. Story Hour in Renton, Washington, covering the event for Rebel News and. Antifa swarmed me with their umbrellas, and then one of them robbed me. They stole my phone and assaulted me. So right now, I'm with a lovely police officer of Renton PD, and I'm going to file a report and hopefully get my phone back. So Jonathan Cho, who was also there, he started chronicling the women protesters. So we, we wait for moments like this so we can show up and be the allies, be the supporters, be the warriors that our ancestors, the people who came before us, were. Okay, but then it turns out these left-wingers stole, allegedly, stole Katie Davis Court's phone. Uh, they assaulted her in the process, and that's when Katie had to call 911 from Jonathan Cho's phone. In Renton, Washington, outside the Brewmasters Tap Room, I'm a journalist, and Antifa robbed me. They stole my phone and assaulted me, and I need the police to come. And she explained, Katie did, she explained to Jonathan what had happened to her. Sorry, Dory, we already played that cut, but I'm going to play where uh, she's talking to a king photographer that wouldn't let her use his phone. So, yeah, yeah, and, and let me set this up a little bit. So Katie, and we're going to talk to Katie Davis Court at 1230 this afternoon. But she says she went up to news photographers from two different TV stations and said, hey, I've just been assaulted. Somebody stole my phone. Can you help me? Can can you give me the, And here is her talking to one of those news photogs. That's not oh, you, oh, you can call the police if you, you want photogs. to. Feel free. Oh, I don't have a phone. Oh, you have your phone. I'm not getting out. Yes, no, don't. You're a fascist, Katie. No one's going to help fascists. You proud boy Barbie. No one's going to help you here. You know you you hate everywhere you go. Trying to act innocent and Katie. You know what you do. Stop trying to act like you don't know. A fascist, a proud boy, Barbie. Uh, man, I mean, the epithets were just flowing. But what's amazing is that the news photographers from at least two TV stations wouldn't help a fellow journalist. And I don't know if the, if there's some tremendous jealousy that's going on because the independent journalists are, many of them are making more money than the people who work for the TV stations. I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to understand. A young woman has been assaulted, has had her phone stolen, and you hear that one photog at the beginning of the cut. He said, uh, no, you got to figure this out. When she asks if she can use his phone to try to call the police after her phone had been stolen. Uh, I, I find that amazing. If some young woman assault victim, theft victim came up to me, of course I would help her. But if she got turned down by two TV stations, uh, you know, the reporters and the photogs. Just absolutely amazing to me. And then, uh, let, let play, we have a little more audio from this ridiculous event. Uh, this woman says that they wait. Yep, so we've already played that oh, that's one. The one. So, okay. yeah, we're a little, we're having some audio We have, we have all kinds of audio problems today. We're trying to muddle through. But here's okay, another so, one, if you want. Okay, yeah, hit me, hit me with one more. 
children here. You don't need there to take sure off your shirt. There sure are. Imagine teaching your kids anything other than to respect thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Just, just keep your shirt on, please. Just, just keep your shirt on, please. Yeah, because the protesters, the left-wing protesters, were taking their shirts off to show that Drag Queen Storytime really is a family-friendly event. It's amazing to me. First of all, the Drag Queen Storytime, I've told you about this. This is a national movement. They first got foothold in our public libraries and then private businesses. Uh, One of the sponsors of all of this is the pharmaceutical company that makes Lupron. Now, Lupron used to be used on only the most vile sex offender, pedophiles, rapists in the world who had to be chemically castrated. Uh, Cancer patients are given Lupron. It is a very powerful drug. And now we've started giving Lupron to 13-year-old children to delay their puberty without any clue what the long-term side effects are. But the pharmaceutical company that makes Lupron is one of the groups that is behind Drag Queen Storytime. And so you don't have to work too hard to connect the dots to see that there is an evil interest in grooming children here. And I will say I do not understand the parents who bring their kids to Drag Queen Storytime. Because at that point, you are not about parenting. You are about grooming your child so you can get plaudits from your Facebook or Instagram community by showing them how progressive you are, taking your children to an event that's being manufactured by pharmaceutical companies around the country to groom children. But again, there is no right-wing group out there. There is no conservative group out there. There is a bunch of Antifa. There was a bunch of left-wingers. There were a few journalists, both uh, commercial, corporate journalists, and independent journalists. And this is what you end up with, a woman whose phone was stolen. We'll, we'll hear Katie Davis-Court's story. She will join me right after the news here at the bottom of the hour. Up next in The Big Lead. The Big Lead. I sense a Dory rant coming on. Another question for parents. Besides taking your kids to drag queen story time, are you ready to get your babies vaxxed? Because there is a dramatically increased effort from the Washington State Department of Health to try to get children beginning at age six months injected with the mRNA vaccine that is actually more likely to lead to the kids getting COVID than unvaccinated children. The dirty little secret that they leave out of all of this. But leave out, they do. But they are rolling out this effort to try to get six months old vaccinated. And here is a doctor with Kaiser Permanente saying, hey, parents, inject your babies. What I want to emphasize to parents is that if they have kids that are under age five, none of them have had this new bivalent vaccine yet. All of them should get it because it will do a better job protecting them. Will it? According to the Department of Health data dashboard, children who are unvaccinated are less likely to get COVID than the vaccinated and boosted. That is the dirty little secret that they will not address. 
that the other vaccine, they always compare it to polio and smallpox and measles, vaccines that helped eradicate those diseases. This has done nothing of the sort. You still get COVID when you're vaxxed. I do not understand why the parents of a six-month-old baby would inject their child. But I'd love to hear from you if that is you. If you are buying into all these media ad campaigns that the Department of Health is running to vaccinate children, uh, or are you one who's never going to allow that to happen to your six-month-old? You know, six months to five years is their new emphasis here in our state. Let me know. Shoot me a text on that one, would you? Triple eight ninety seven three Cairo is our text line. Triple eight ninety seven three five four seven six. Along the same lines, let's move from the kids to the adults. They also now twelve counties in our region are recommending an indoor masking, uh, not a mandate. But in King, Snohomish, Pierce, and nine other counties around here, Thurston, Plowlam, Jefferson, uh, Whatcom, San Juan, Pacific, Skamania, Kittitas, Clark, Kitsap, they are now recommending putting masks back on indoors. Here is Nigel Turner with Tacoma, Pierce County Health. He told our news partners at Cairo 7 that, yeah, you got to start masking up once again. During the summer, we were kind of spoiled with some low levels of of COVID and uh, these other bugs, and uh, they're back with a vengeance. You wonder why? Why all of a sudden? I mean, they're they're telling us, they, they came up with a new name last week because people have... Flu and respiratory problems and COVID, and they're calling it the triple-demic. So they've given it a real scary name, triple-demic. That's worse than double-demic. But why? Why would this push come all at the same time? To inject six-month-olds and to tell you you have to start masking up again? Well, because, again, the pharmaceutical companies... They are pushing this. They are driving this. They are trying to make sure that people stay as scared as possible. That's the goal of all of this. And uh, they say, well, but you got to trust us because 13 counties all recommending the same thing. We must be right. Um, we, we united on a, on a common message. But it doesn't happen that often in that we don't often see such a, an important issue, such a significant risk and uh, a trend in disease which is heading the wrong way. Yeah, so the, they believe that people are going to be sufficiently scared to start wearing masks indoors. I will say just anecdotally, I've seen more people masking up when I go to the grocery store than I've seen in the last few months. I, it looks to me like more people are masking up when I'm out and about. And they say some folks are on board, some are not. I think it's a good idea. I'd rather be safe than sorry. It's protecting myself and others. Anytime I'm going to be in close contact, I was wearing a mask in the store. Oh, um, no. No, I'm tired of the mask. (laughs) The masks that really weren't doing anything. (laughs) Just... It has been a nearly three-year journey now in mass brainwashing. Brainwashing of the masses. And they say that if you don't voluntarily mask, they may force you to mask.
There's always options, and we need to match, you know, those to the, the levels of, of disease in the community. But uh, as it is now, it's definitely it's it's a, it's a recommendation. But if you don't follow the recommendation, they make make it a mandate once again. Oh, the control over us! They're so furious that people are starting to say, you know what? I'm a better judge of what happens with and to and for my body than government is. Some people should have figured out long before any of this went down. And that is your big lead for today. The big lead on Cairo Radio. We're going to check the news for you. And then local independent journalist Katie Davis-Court will tell us about being assaulted, having her phone stolen, and nobody would help her, including mainstream media people. I'll hear her story next here on the Dory Monson Show. Well, there was an event this weekend where a local independent journalist who's become a very good friend of our radio show, Katie Davis Court, was assaulted, had her phone stolen. She was covering an event at a place called Brewmaster's Tap Room in Renton. Earlier in the week, the owners of Brewmaster's Tap Room claimed that somebody had fired either a BB or a pellet through their front window because they host a drag queen story hour for kids there. Uh, let's get to the bottom of all of this. The person at the center of the story, Katie Davis-Court, joins us here on the Dory Monson Show. Hey, Katie, always good to talk with you. Dory, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, now, first of all, I personally have great doubts about this being some evildoer that fired the BB or the pellet through the window of this restaurant or this uh, tap room. They they ran to the media right after it happened. They claimed that this is what evil looks like. This is what intolerance looks like. Uh, the, the one thing I would caution everybody in the media on is to just accept these stories at face value because a lot of times they tend to be hoaxes or self-inflicted. I don't know. But I think it's something we should question going into this. So having been on the scene over the weekend, what's your view on all of that? Oh, I have the exact same thoughts of that. We do, the Renton Police Department has not put out a suspect description. They don't know who it was. So definitely take that as face value because what we see across the country often a lot of the times is that it becomes a hoax or one of their own actors trying to make it look like the other side was targeting them. But we don't know that. We don't know the facts. So exactly like Correct. you said but yeah so um this weekend a conservative group had planned to protest a drag queen story hour event at the brewmaster's tap room and they put out a call to action they say that the drag queen story hour events a lot of the times engage in grooming and child uh, predatory behavior and so that was their cause for protesting this event and then they ended up pulling the protest after the uh, owner claimed that a suspect had fired shots into their restaurant and rent and police police say it was a BB or pellet gun, a single shot. And um, so I decided to go to the brewmaster's tap room to report on the event. I was thinking that maybe a couple conservatives would show up and protest. I did not I was not aware of a huge counter-protesters put on by Antifa at the time, so I was shocked when I drove by and saw a couple hundred outside 
the restaurant guarding the brewmaster's tap room, armed Antifa militants, all in black block, umbrellas. There was no police, no police presence uh, within the crowd. So they ha- Antifa has grown pretty weak over the last year here. They have not been able to mobilize. They have a lot of infighting. And so I was shocked when I saw that amount of Tifa. I decided I was going to play it safe, going to stay on the other side of the road, uh, report from the other side. And I um, only briefly went near their crowd to just try to get a good quality shot of the crowd to show all the armed Antifa agents that came out to support and prevent people right. from coming. And so just the brief... Let me ask you a quick question. I, I, yeah. I want to I hear what happened to you specifically. Were any of the this conservative group, did anybody show up or or was it just Antifa and the, the leftist group? Yeah, no conservatives showed up. It was just Antifa and the leftist community members that came out in support. Okay, got it. All right, so, so you're there essentially covering nothing. You thought maybe that this would be uh, more if the conservative group had indeed come out, but they didn't. So you're covering this. You're, uh, I've seen a lot of the video that you and Jonathan Cho and others gathered. Uh, so what happened to you personally, Katie? Right, so when I went over to just get a, a short quality shot of the crowd, I was actually planning on leaving right after, but it was enough time for them, for Antifa to target me and mob me with their umbrellas. And that's when one of them came up from behind me and robbed me. They stole my phone and it left me in a very vulnerable position. I'm not, I know Renton, but I'm not familiar with the area. I didn't know where I was. There was no police. There was no one I could go to. And so that's when I spotted a Cairo 7 reporter who I knew. I asked her, can I, I was just robbed. Can I please get assistance in calling the police? She refused. Then I went over to a King 5 News cameraman, told him I was robbed, and he basically mocked me and said, um, I'm not going to help you. That's um, your your fault. you got to figure it out yourself to call the police. And then he goes, I'm not getting involved. And during that time, there's an Antifa streamer just berating me. And I've never felt, I've had a few scary moments in the field. I've never felt that helpless and hopeless. And basically these reporters who should, you know, they they didn't display basic human decency in helping someone that was just a victim of a violent crime. Well, well, wait, I mean, you're all, you're all part of the same community. I know that they, they uh, tend to, to try to say that you and Jonathan Cho and Brandy Crows, uh, those of you who have gone independent, I know that they'd want to devalue what you do, but aren't you all part of the same journalism community, whether you work for corporate media or not? Definitely. I would never, ever in my life think of refusing a reporter the ability to um, make a phone call to the police or having their back. I actually, I remember Jew was actually swarmed by Antifa in the past and I tracked down the Antifa people that did it, had her back. And so for, she knew, she knows this too. And so for the fact of her to treat me that way, it was very dehumanizing. I mean, we have really fallen as a society that they, they can disagree with, you know, obviously they have a very left-wing bias um, in their media companies. They can disagree with the truth out there on Antifa. They're basically complicit with Antifa, but they have also not just um, trying to devalue independent journalists. They they have actually dehumanized us, and that was on display by um, preventing me from 
or them refusing to help me. Now, I'm, I'm trying to understand this. I'm trying to understand seeing a young woman who's just been robbed and saying you're not going to help them. None, none of this makes sense. So, so you think there's just such a strong media bias in favor of the radical left that that's why, that even though they have been targeted by the radical left themselves? Yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. I have no idea why they denied me. I wish I knew. I was shocked. And I think like you can see in the video, I was just so shocked and helpless, especially after the second time I asked, because I really thought that I, they, they were just essentially putting me in a lot more danger because I didn't know where I was in Renton. There's no police. It was by hands down the scariest time I've been in the field. Well, and you've you've been in the middle of a lot of these things going back to uh, when you were covering all the rioting in 2020 and, and Antifa protests and riots then. So, uh, so you, you got your you got a, a phone back. You were able to to have them digitally, uh, virtually wipe your stolen phone clean. Is that right? Yep, that's right. I immediately well, okay. So this was the grace that saved me. Was that's when I uh, saw Jonathan Cho. And he ended up coming, and it was by the grace of God that I saw him, and he lent me his phone. He was the hero of the day, lent me his phone. I was able to call the police, make a report. I was able to call Apple and Verizon and have them immediately deactivate my phone, wipe my phone. It was a whole all-day ordeal, though. It took me about eight hours to even then to leave and go to Verizon, make an appointment, get a new phone. So, And it's not cheap. Like, I'm an independent journalist. Um Rebel News, we're all crowdfunded. We rely on viewer donations. That way we stay uncorrupted as we don't take money from the government. So we don't have, you know, huge budgets to continue other than our generous yeah, donors. Yeah, I understand. So last thing, Katie, why cover this at all? Because uh, I think the drag queen story time, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that it is the grooming of children, that the uh, pharmaceutical company that makes Lupron, which was given to the most violent sex rapists to chemically, chemically castrate them, that's what's now being given to children to delay their puberty. I think there's an evil movement in America. I really do. But... There's a free business that has the event. These are adults who bring their children, parents. I don't understand the parents' thinking, but they're all free to do this. Why is this an issue at all? If uh, free parents in a free society and a free business choose to have drag queens uh, read to their children. Right. You know, I think um, this just goes back to the culture war that we're in in the United States. I think that you know, all these uh, viral videos have been showing up of the incidents happening at these drag shows where these parents are essentially groomers. They are bringing their kids and a lot of these drag queens have flashed these children, shown their genitalia to these kids, have touched these kids as their genitalia is shown. Essentially, there's strips, strips or they strip in front of the kids at these drag queen story hours. So a lot of the oh, yeah. time, it's not just an innocent drag queen reading a story to the kids. I think people are protesting because they're protesting um, child predation. 
Right. Well, and yeah, there have been lots of videos from around the country of children slipping dollar bills in the garters of these guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will never understand these parents. All right, Katie. Well, I, I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm uh, glad that Jonathan uh, came to your rescue and appreciate you always out covering stuff like this for us. Thanks, Dory. So um, one last thing, if you guys want to go to standwithkatie.com, we're raising funds for me to get security because I'm not going to go out with security anymore. So standwithkatie.com, and you can help us crowdfund for security. There you go. All right, K-A-T-I-E. All right, Katie Davis Court, independent journalist, also works for uh, Rebel News. Katie, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Dory. All right, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all this. You can text me, 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. And we do have lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show. Man, I tell you, this was a tough, sad weekend for longtime sports fans around here and First of all, I want to send our prayers to Mike Leach and his family, the former WSU coach, who's just one of the most unique personalities in all of sport. And Mike Leach, uh, reportedly, as he was preparing his Mississippi State team for a bowl game, uh, this weekend, Mike Leach reportedly suffered a massive heart attack at his home. Uh, he wasn't uh, found right away. It took 10 to 15 minutes, so they fear brain damage, and it has been described as critical condition. And I cannot tell you how sad that news makes me. Mike, Mike Leach, first of all, he's, he and I are the same age. Secondly, like I said, there's just few people I enjoyed talking to more over the years than Mike Leach. For example, here's just an example. When my daughter got married, our oldest daughter, he he gave me some wedding advice on the show. And I'll play this for you later on, but uh, he, he gave some wedding advice. It ended up being our awesome audio of the year. But then he said, on the, sl- on the DL, here's really what my daughter and her fiancé should do. Would it have been better for us to have had this conversation privately and not on the radio? Because now I think Daddy is going to be, uh, they're going to be fingers pointed at Daddy since you've uh, so publicly aired this plan. My wife never listened to me Mm -hmm. when I was on the radio. Right. And I think you probably enjoy the same luxury. (laughs) And then uh, the... uh, and of course, anything on the radio, you were speaking hypothetically, right? But I'm just telling you, right. make sure there's nothing hypothetical about this. <laughs> you need there, this is this is every man for himself at this point, and that's that that's the situation you're in. Yeah, I wish I had better news, but you're in dire circumstance. And he had said that they should elope, and that I should just pay them cash to elope so I wouldn't have to worry about a big wedding and reception. But that's the kind of guy that Mike Leach is, and 
I want to make sure I still talk about him in the present tense because he is uh, still with us. But uh, prayers to him, his family. He is reportedly in critical condition at a hospital. They flew him 125 miles from Starksville, where Mississippi State is, to get him to the highest level trauma unit down there. So uh, Mike Leach reportedly a massive heart attack. And then I heard that one of the members of the 79 Seattle Supersonics, the first world championship team ever, now spare me the Seattle Metropolitans in 1919, the Sonics were the first championship team, and the enforcer on that team, Paul Silas, also a wonderful man and a guy that I got to know over the years, and he later became a, a terrific coach. He was just a good man, but he was a rock on the court. He was the enforcer. You didn't mess with his boys, with his team. And uh, Paul Silas passed away this week. So from that 79 Sonic team, man, Dennis Johnson, John Johnson, Lonnie Shelton, Paul Silas. I mean, those guys seemed immortal as I was scraping pennies and sleeping in sleeping bags on the streets of downtown to be in line to buy tickets for the finals against the Washington Bullets. Uh, they seemed immortal, and their memories are immortal, but time seems to be undefeated in all of these battles we wage. All right, uh, quick time out here. We're going to check the news for you here at the top of the hour, and then the fastest 15. That is coming up next here on the Dory Monson Show.